Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Power of Forgiveness podcast. My name is Dwayne Staten, and I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode. This podcast is meant to help those toward the path of forgiveness, for the ones who have been hurt, heartbroken, forever changed by something that was said or done to them, which changed their mindset, the course of their relationships, their future, and even their life in general. With this podcast, I speak about the lessons I've learned from forgiveness and give it to you, the audience. And today I have a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine, Jared Wilson, an international speaker and founder of Gent JW, who has a very, very powerful story about being betrayed by someone who he considered a brother. We go into this conversation and break down a lot of gems that I want you to definitely listen in on. Here's the episode. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Power of Forgiveness podcast. And today I have a very special guest with me, Jared Wilson. Say what's up, people. What's up, people? Thank you so much for having me. I had to, I had to say verbatim. You know how this goes. It does. It does. And honestly, so fun fact, me and Jared, we knew each other since we were kids. Yes. Like young, young kids. Yes, yes. Playing on like playgrounds, not the video game stuff. But no, oh. we did have a massive, what was it, uh, on N64. Yo, we did. Mario oh. Kart used to go hard back in the day. Oh my gosh, the battles on Mario Kart alone, that was... Oh, yes. my goodness. Friendships but were lost. Friendships were gained. <laughs> it was. It was. And I'm very glad that ours survived. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. But I wanted to honestly thank, thank you for coming by and doing this podcast, man, because seeing him, when you see your friends when your kids grow up and you see them just turn to a very successful person, you are, you have nothing but happiness for them. And honestly, I'm happy and proud of you, man, because I've seen what you're doing because you're a founder, you're a speaker. What don't you do is the better question. <laughs> uh, you know, I, you're, you're too kind, uh, sir. I, I appreciate that. Honestly, I'm just happy to be a part of this. You know, I've listened to several of the episodes and, you know, just to see your growth as well. Um, to, to be able to have this topic, you know, everyone needs to listen to this plan and some because you have a black man who is willing to talk about forgiveness and being vulnerable. And that is something you do not see. So when you, you reached out to me and we got connected on this, it was something without a, a doubt in my mind I wanted to be a part of because more men need to learn how to be vulnerable to express emotions. Absolutely. And that does not mean you're being weak. It definitely means you're being strong. So happy to be on this for sure. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people think being vulnerable is weak, speaking how you feel is weak, and we got to break that stigma. Absolutely. We have to break that stigma. So I just want to ask you a quick icebreaker question to make this fun for everybody here. Oh boy. If you could eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? One meal? You know, I'm the worst person to ask type of questions because <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very technical and analytical. And so one meal you can eat every day for the rest of your life because I, I don't technically have a favorite food. I mean, like when I think of food, I think of like either seafood which is all encompassing i'm the one who be like oh i have a buffet every day yeah <laughs> leave it alone but you know I, I will probably go if i have to the, the go-to meal like it to me just it would have to be steak steak or steak lobster some type of greens mashed potatoes something and, and a nice glass of red wine would be you know oh so sweet oh my gosh you <laughs> 
you, you took my answer. So now I got to think of something different now. Um, <laughs> one meal for the rest of my life. See, it's hard because I'm leaning towards burritos from Chipotle. <laughs> and, oh gosh, dang, what would it be? I know what it'd be. I know what it'd be. My wife, before, let me see here. Before we got married, she surprised me with lunch and she made me fried chicken. It was French fries, but it wasn't like the frozen kind. She chopped up the potato okay. and okay. made it, made them herself and some corn, corn of the cob. Like that's what I would eat for the rest of my life. There you go. And look, look. She made it. That means, you know, it can be duplicated. She can keep doing that. Every yeah. Day. And I, and I told, I said this in my mind when she made me that meal, I said, I married you that day. <laughs> you didn't know it, but I married you that day. Hey, well, so, so it's true that, you know, food is, is the straight way to your heart. Oh my! Yeah, there's a shirt, and I want to get it. It says "Food is my love language," and that's very true. <laughs> that's so great. But I wanted to say thank you again for coming. I know you have a story about forgiveness, and I wanted you to have your space and time to tell it. So please, the floor is yours, sir. Okay, okay. I, I appreciate that. And so, yeah, I, I'm going to touch on a, a story. I mean, forgiveness is a very interesting topic in general because it comes in many shapes and forms. It happens in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think for everyone, forgiveness is a unique journey that you come to, whether it's forgiving yourself, whether it's forgiving someone else. Yes. So I, I think I'm going to jump a little bit between one story it's one story, but it has like many stories, multiple chapters, and oh, each okay. chapter is a little bit different. But I think it'll touch on on two acts of forgiveness for allowing me to become who I am today. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so you know, this is going back probably at this point, we were going maybe like four or five years ago. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm a graduated college at this time. I had a couple years working, moved to several different states and so forth, and and so have a, a close friend who like grew up with me. So not as long as you and I have been friends, but this guy has been in, in my, my life since probably my freshman year in high school. Gotcha. So we've been, we've been tight. Like that's, that's been my, my, like my brother, um, brother from another mother. And so we've been super tight. He's a year younger than me. We've grown up together. And essentially we're at this point in our life where, you know, women are starting to come into our lives, right? So, you know, relationships change relationships. And so, you know, he's in a relationship, I'm in and out of relationship and so forth. And so, um, you know, it's just known, like, it's almost like, remember the Titans where you just like the part where they're like, oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to grow old together and have the houses next door to each other. Right. Like that, that's what it was. I'm going right. to be your best man. You're going to be my best man. Right. And so um, he's dating this, this woman and so forth. And so I'm hearing about it. We're talking every now and then, not as much, but understanding that relationships evolve. Right. And so, um, you know, despite the fact that our relationships are evolving and we're not talking as much, we're still connected. Each time we pick up the phone, it's like nothing's changed. Like we, we write back into how things were. And so um, we're, we're going to fast forward. So it hits, it hits, uh, I'm just going to remember this date. So it hits January and he lives in a different state to me. He was coming back in town and uh, we'll just say it was like May. Okay. So him and I, oh, he's coming in town, May. Let's link up. We're going to hang out. We link up, we go to dinner, we're catching up, so forth. And he says, Jared, I'm married. And I said, wait, what? 
Right. So, you know, rewind. Like, what, what happened here? So, this is my best friend. Right. Brother from another mother. We've done everything together. We talk literally for hours every day if we could. We could hang right. out all day, any day. I'm going to be your best man. You're going to be my best man. We're going to buy these two houses next to each other, grow old together. Right. And you got married. You didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you were engaged, but little on you got married and got married in January. I see you in, in what I say, May, June. Yeah. And I'm finding this out. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about betrayed. Yep. Completely betrayed, dumbfounded, questioning everything. And this is like, you know, we're, we're the front where to me, like, I take friendship, uh, true, like, brotherhood seriously. And Absolutely. So to me, that means that brotherhood is accountability. And so, you know, throughout our life, um, you know, when it came to serious decisions or important decisions, like, you know, jobs, moving, work-related relationships, I'm your sounding board, you're my sounding board, I got your back, you got my back, I'm looking out for you because I need, I can see things that you may not see. Yeah. And you may see things going on in my life that I may not see and uh, that I may not see. So that's why we have that covering of what's a brotherhood. Absolutely. And you didn't think, in my opinion, I'll let you tell me one of the probably not if the biggest decision of your life in choosing to marry someone. You didn't not that you need my permission, but you didn't even think to bring it up to me to let me know you were thinking about how you felt about this person, making sure that I met this person, all of the above. Instead, you just you just got married, didn't say anything, because we talked after I found out the married date a couple times, and you just kept it under wraps. And then I find out, and and when we're in person, like four months later, I, I was hurt. Honestly, yeah. genuinely, genuinely hurt, and it put mm. a a massive dagger in our in our friendship because mm. it was just very much like. You know, I don't even know you now. Um, you know, like, has this all been a facade? Like, not even being dramatic. Like, you know, I'm going to paint the little, the movie picture of it to make light of it now. I can do that now. But then it was like, you know, like, do I even know you? Were we even friends? All these times we hung out, was it a game to you? Like, you know, I felt that way. Like, I'm your brother and you didn't tell me this. And then I brought me is also low-key selfish, like, no, we didn't get to do a bachelor party. I didn't get to speak at your wedding. You robbed not even just of me, but your parents, your family from this moment to celebrate you because you made this decision to marry someone and we'll leave it at that. And so, you know, we probably went literally maybe two years without talking after that. Wow. Did not talk did not talk there was no wow no reason because you know in my stance i felt like you know you wronged me right you were in the wrong one thousand and million zillion percent wrong right <laughs> flat out wrong i'm with and you so to me you know accountability once again and, and i'll also use this being a man in my opinion means all right i was wrong i need to own my mistake right I need to confront the person, be a man about it, acknowledge it, and then try to move forward because I want to right the wrong. Right. And so to me, I'm like, that shouldn't be on me to reach out to you to try to fix this. You know, I, I let them know how I felt. But at that point, I'm like, I let you know how I feel. I'm happy for you at the end of the day because you're still my boy. But at the end of the day, I'm hurt. I'm yeah. devastated. I'm hurt. Yeah. So now it's on you to fix this, basically, is how I looked at it. 
And he went like radio silent on me. Wow. So to me, it kind of felt like, you know, it was a, a series of questioning because it was like, am I, you know, do I need to be the bigger person? Nah, I don't need to be the bigger person because you're wrong. We always, we always do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this, you know, this the real, the raw feelings. Like I should be it, but I don't need to be it because you're dead wrong. You need to step up to the plate. I've been this person most, most of the times. You need to meet me halfway now. You know, then that back is like when you're not hearing back from them, it's like, well, dang, like, like I said, is this was that I, that I, was I really that messed up where I thought our friendship was deeper than this? Like mm -hmm. your parents are like my other parents and get, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm still talking to his parents. I'm still talking to his, his siblings. I'm just not talking to you. So it, on top of it, it's like, yo, we, <laughs> so, you know, we went like two years and, and I, I really didn't make an attempt. And I just kind of felt like, well, you know what, this shows me everything I need to know, you know, as they say, like, you know, and that just actions speak louder than words yeah and and people make time for what's important obviously yeah. it wasn't important to you to talk to me before and obviously you know so of course naturally as a dude you're like oh blame blame the the, the new wife because it's like this wasn't happening before <laughs> so you know it's, yeah. like, it's like the perfect like movie story about it yeah um, so, you know, moving forward, so long story short, it's like, yeah, that's what it was, two years. Yeah. So at this point, you know, I don't really know what's going on with him. I'm living my life, you know, and so forth. And so um, it, it hit a point where, you know, and, and I guess the part that annoyed me was that on top of it, um, you know, we were so tight and close. So whenever you see me, people ask about him. Yeah. And so then it's like, everywhere I go now, it's, Oh, what's going on with him? What's up with him? Hey, have you talked to so-and-so? And it's kind of like, you know, I'm trying to move forward with my life at this point, and now you keep bringing it back up. So it just, yeah. it just harbored this, this deep, dark, negative feelings of, of anger, frustration. And every time you're trying to make peace on your own way to move forward, you're being brought back into this place of anger, resentment, of you wronged me, but now, but I have to, you know, but people are going to keep asking me. I see your parents all the time. And that after me also felt hurt too, because it's like, you know, we have mutual friends. Yeah. I, I'm tight with your parents. They know what's up. They know you're wrong. They should be calling you out and being like, yo, you're wrong. You need to call Jared and, and fix this. And so when I felt like people weren't doing that, I, you know, it also started to create anger and, and towards other people who it really had nothing to do with the situation. That's powerful. A ripple effect. That's very powerful. Very Absolutely. powerful. I, absolutely it did. And, and so, you know, I just felt like I was just in this constant negative state and it was like, it just continued to come back up because no matter what I did separate, somehow, some way, this person continued to get brought back up because we were so tight. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was just a, a constant challenge. And, you know, I think for a while, uh, you know, that was the challenge. And so, you know, at this point, I'm in grad school, I'm traveling back and forth between here in London for grad school and around the world. And so this is just funny. I don't know how this happened. So I'm on, on a United flight, literally coming back from, I'm just fast forward. So we're just going to, you know, like one of those musical, oh, like, yeah, cool. yeah, one of those music, uh, yep. the little instrumentals where people are doing their life and then it brings you back forward like two yeah. years later. I'm sorry, I'm painting this whole movie for you. So I'm on this flight coming back from, on United flight coming from London, Heathrow back to, to um, Dallas. 
Right. And you know, I'm watching watching some movies, and I'm watching literally a lot of you not. I'm watching Crazy Rich Asians, and I don't no it doesn't matter. It was on. It's a good movie. Actually, I have no I, I have no problem. Minute, it's a good movie. So I'm watching Crazy Rich Asians. Have you seen that movie? No, I want to though. Okay. Okay. My wife read the book though. Oh, see, I have not read the book, but the movie it's it's good. I mean, it's you know, it's the typical movie, but it, it's good. Anywho, so just I won't I won't ruin it for you, but I'm going to just share one part. So anybody who's seen it, if you haven't seen it, check it out. If you have, then you know what I'm talking about. So there's a point where the whole premise of the movie is like a love story, and romantic comedy, if you will, and it, it, it's it's like uh, jumping the broom, mm -hmm. but like the Asian version of it, if you will. So that kind of gives you some context. Okay. And so there's a part in the movie where the groom and the best men are like sitting together and they are, um, they're talking and they're just having like a regular conversation. He's talking about who his new bride to be, his fiance is, and he's thinking about proposing to her and so forth. And the best man makes a comment to the, you know, makes a comment to him essentially saying, you need to really rethink this. And, you know, the type of question, who cares what the question was? The point was the best man's role is he is supposed to be like your, your, your you know, that brotherhood again, like yeah. bringing it full circle. He's supposed to be the one who's supposed to hold you accountable. So when you go up and say, I do, you can look to your left and they can look at you and say, yeah, my man's been true. He's ready for this. I had this back. So that way, if anything goes down in this relationship, this marriage, I have no problem checking him. And tell them you're wrong, fix your marriage, fix your, your relationship. So that's a whole nother topic. But it made me think, because I'm at the point at this point, you know, this is like literally maybe like not even maybe not even a, a year and a half ago now. Okay. This happened. So this is still, you could say fresh. I'm at the point in my mind, I'm about to propose to my fiance now. Right. My, my fiance, my now fiance. And I see this part and I'm like, once again, dang this was supposed to be my best man. There was no oh. question about a doubt this would have been my best man on any given day. And so the question of value comes up. Mm. And, and the reality is people talk about friendships and like, it's not really, value doesn't necessarily mean what do I, what, what do you do for me? But value is what do you gain out of certain relationships and friendships? And, and for me, it was like, this is a, 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 it just made me really pause in that moment and said, you know what, Jared? is this something that you really want to be mad at this person for the rest of your life? Is this something that you feel a hundred percent comfortable throwing away this entire brotherhood of, you know, since high school because of this situation? The other half is that not everybody is created equal. And so it goes back to now, once again, of, of where do you stand as in who you are and being the bigger person, even when the other person's wrong. So I could be the bigger person, even though the other person's wrong, because I was at a place in my life where I've learned how to forgive myself and realize that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm Christian for anybody who's listening. And so at the end of the day, I know my mistakes and yeah. I made some terrible ones, hurt some people. And, and if I saw a couple people on the street, all I would say to them is apologize for something that's happened in the past because I I know I've made wrongs. And at the end of the day, if Christ can go and die on the cross to take away our sins, who the heck am I to not be able to forgive somebody else knowing that he has forgiven me for what I've done? Go ahead, Bishop, Reverend Doctor. And, and you know, and so, and so at that moment, I said, you know what, Jared? Obviously, this has bothered you for two years. Mm -hmm. So if it was somebody else, maybe it doesn't, and you're good with that. This obviously has. 
So I can't expect at this point that he may be equipped in the way that I'm equipped to handle this situation, to talk about it, to bring it up and, and so forth. So you know what? It is on me that if I want our friendship to ever get back to the place that I know it can be and that it has been before this situation, it is on me to fix that. And you know what? Some people be like, oh yeah, you are being the bigger person, but I don't feel like, and then get over yourself, humble yourself and realize that, you know what? There's the only thing that's gonna come out of that is a positive reaction at the end of the day. Like, yes, I had to be the bigger person. Yeah, those were the frustrations and so forth. But at the end of the day, it will be better. And the one thing that I always tell people when it comes to these type of situations is the question you should always, always, always ask yourself, will you be better for this? And so if you can answer definitively, yes, I will be better by doing X, Y, or Z, you do it. So I got off that flight, man. And literally, as I'm waiting in line to pick, like go through um, customs and all that stuff back from London, I picked the phone and called him on the spot. And we, we talked for like maybe like an hour and a half. Mm. And then literally I ended up in Atlanta, uh, where is where he lives now. And literally like we met up, had another like three hour conversation. And, you know, I'll just say to, to end the story, like in true movie fashion, now it's like, you know, he's a part of my, my, my uh, groomsmen, you know, we talk on the regular you know, and we both learned to move forward from the situation and really hash it out like men do and, and really talk about it and have that open, that open form to do so. And so, you know, it's a full story and it was a very challenging moment, but it's something where I've learned a lot from it. Um, and I learned a lot about myself in it. And, you know, I think it's something that hopefully, you know, y'all listening can take some value and take some notes out of it too. This is the first time I've been speechless by a story. First time. <laughs> I'm sitting here just like, y'all can't see my face, but I'm literally sitting here just like amazed, mesmerized, because it's so much to grab from that. And to see the growth and maturity and the lessons learned from that is nothing short of, nothing short of powerful. Nothing short of that. A couple of things, I, I took notes down and I wanted to just talk about them really quickly. So when your friend just came out and said, hey, I'm married, I'm, I know that was like a punch in the gut. And the two words that got me was you said you felt betrayed and hurt. And that's what put a dagger in the friendship. And what I've noticed is when it comes to forgiving someone there's always hurt involved of course yeah i'm going to say that and when hurt is involved if it's not quickly corrected it could leave a very damaging for lack of a better word scar yeah. and not only that depending on how deep the hurt is the more that needs to be done to be healed from it mm -hmm. and the thing is, another thing was, when you say you didn't even know the person anymore, that always happens. When you felt betrayed by someone you love, you're just like, where did this come from? I'm not talking about a mistake that said, oh, snap, I forgot, you know, my control at my cousin's house. But I'm talking about something deep where you even question their identity and question 
your friendship and even question who you are mm-hmm. to a point where it's like did i know you as i thought i did exactly yeah did i let you in my life not knowing who you fully were mm-hmm. and the other thing you said it was two years of radio silence a lot the there's an old saying says time heals all wounds it mm-hmm. doesn't yeah it can so- honestly with a wound it can make it could fester and make it infected if you will mm-hmm. to which you said how you're talking to his parents his siblings our mutual friends and all of them need to get it get at this person mm-hmm. but they're not Mm-hmm. And it's making the wound is making the wound fester. What made it infected? Which honestly, the ripple effect. Yep. You're looking at them differently now. Yeah. Yep. And now you could say it's like it's spread through the body. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that got me. So that ripple effect. Could you notice it right away, or did you see it, like did you see it come up slowly? No, I, I mean I think it's it's slowly. I mean, I think, you know, the initial reaction is such shock. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think naturally everyone, when something happens, all you think about is you. Yeah. That's the easy reaction to think about you and what you're going through and how you feel and everything's you, 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 as opposed to the other situations. And, and I think, you know, of course, like naturally it takes like in any argument, all you, when you walk away from an argument, you're mad because all you can think about is how the other person did this and that and that. Yeah. Then over time, I think you start to take a step back and then say, okay, let me at least try to hear what was happening on the other side and so forth. And, you know, in this situation, that's why I think made it hard because when I looked at the situation, even though I took the step back, like, well, did I do something wrong? That I couldn't find anything where I'm like, what did I do? Like, what did I do to deserve this reaction and so forth? And, um, you know, it wasn't just me, like this, the, the announcement was a shock to a whole bunch of people, his parents, to his friends. And so I know there was other relationships, but at everyone, it was like, you, you know, you and I are the tightest. Yeah. So, so that reaction should not be happening anywhere yeah. else. And so I don't think it was until like, you're talking about now months later, weeks later, I mean, weeks, months, so forth, where I think I started to realize the ripple effect of now I'm looking at because the longer it was prolonged and the longer I went without hearing from you, the worse it got, which is now then I'm looking at other people to say, where are you at? What you doing? Why haven't I heard? So I think it's, it's something that, like you said, like, like you said, almost like a disease or an infection, you know, nobody notices it up front and then it slowly continues to creep and creep and creep. And the next thing you know, you look up and, and it's affected other parts of the body and, and, and your other minds and how you're viewing people, like you said. And a lot of people, let me not say a lot of people, let me phrase that. There are some people who really don't notice that. Yeah. With me, with my biological mom, I didn't see it until afterwards where I didn't want to talk about it. And if people brought it up, I would get angry. Like, yeah. we're having a good day. Why are you bringing this up? No, nope, that's fair. You know, no one is like, if I'm not talking about it, why you got to bring it up? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you on their end, they could be genuinely curious because they care about you. Mm-hmm. But when you are in it, you're just like, you don't need to bring it up. Just don't. Yep. And the one thing that I want to applaud you for are multiple things. But the one thing that I wanted to bring up was that you reflected on it. A lot of people, let me say, let me not say that. Let me rephrase that. Some will reflect 
right after. Some will reflect after some time and some just won't at all. But yeah. the one thing I want to applaud you for is that you reflected. So it's, it's funny how God uses different things, right? Yeah. For you, it was the crazy rich Asian film. Right. It's crazy how that works. And Jesus spoke in parables. So if he can speak in parables, why not use a film? Yep, yep. That's just me. But when you saw that scene and that came up in your spirit, what were your thoughts and your emotions at that point in time when it came up? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's very, uh, very interesting. I, I love the question um, because I think it's so interesting. You know, a lot of people, I think, what stops them from that forgiveness is in, in a way after a while that it's not even about forgiveness is about simply like, I don't want to use the word, not greed, but selfishness. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, when I'm watching that, and especially where I was at the time and, and not, not in the air, but literally as in, you know, I know I'm about to, I'm going to propose. I know this stuff is going to start happening in my life. Right. Who's my circle around me. I think I saw it and it was like, almost like Jared, you know, like I, I mentioned that word value you know, at this point that if you do this, no matter how wrong he is, you know, you're not doing it the right way or the way you want to do it. Like at the end of the day, you know, this person should be there at the end of the day. So at this point, the only thing, this literally what went from head, the only thing that is stopping this from moving forward is you at this point. Mm. And so for me, it was just like, yeah. And you know, you got, it's almost like you got the little, the, the, uh, the angel and the devil on the two shoulders. Yep. It's, like, <laughs> yep. you know, it's like, do you want to start the beef all over again? But, but, but he was wrong. And it's like, but, but you need to learn. Every and so, you know, for me, it was like, yeah, I saw that. And immediately the first one went from my head is like, I missed that in my life. And you know what, if I want it back, then I need to just be the one to fix it. And so at that point it was like, Jared, if you're going to fix it, it's on you go do it. Cause this person at this point has demonstrated they're not, but also realize once again, like I think with all that time going through and reflection growth and in between also realizing, like I said, not everyone's equipped, you know, and in his case, when we had those deep conversations afterwards, it's like, I, I didn't know how to. And I think a lot of times that's what people say now, in my opinion, I thought it was an excuse, but I also had to realize too that, yeah, not everyone's at the same level or in the same place to be able to have those type of conversations or even know how to lead it. So, if it's on you, Jared, it's on you, go fix it. And so, um, yeah, that's what led me to like, all right, we're gonna pick up the phone and, and get this figured out. That, oh my gosh. I'm, shoot, I almost took a lap, what you <laughs> just said. The only one stopping this is you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't wanna hear that. No. And all. even if you do hear it, it's like you just said, no, it's on them, it's on them, no. You got to look in the mirror. That's the person who's stopping it. And uh, that's what happens with forgiveness. We are, we stop ourselves. So when, when it comes to that, we stop mm -hmm. ourselves, we always give ourselves excuses, but they should have done this. This should have happened. This should have happened. Take that out for a minute. They're not requirements. Exactly. Yeah. That's so good. Such a great point. It's what you want in order for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And I want to pose people two questions. If you didn't have those blocking you, would you still forgive? And even if you did get them, 
would it really bring you peace or would you have more questions or would you want more from that? Mm-hmm. So that's maturity right there. When you said I'm in the wrong or even though he's in the wrong, I'm going to take steps to make it right. That's powerful. And the thing is, you saw, as you said, the value is what do you gain out of relationships? And you recognize the value. You recognized it. And you still went after that. And I definitely applaud you for that. So I want to ask this question. Speaking of value, would you say that you recognized the value of the relationship you had with your friend and that helped propel you to make it right? Would you say that or something different? Yeah, no, I think that's, I think there's, it's a valid point. I think there's, there's truth to that because there's plenty of people who hold on to friendships or relationships that they can, they need to run as far away as they can from. So, I mean, I do, you know, I'm not going to downplay that. There, there is, there is a, there is a, a value to it. Like there is something that matters there in terms of what you're going after or what you're fighting for. Yes. You know, I think a lot of people, look at friendships as in normal, you know, as in, okay, this is what I know, this is comfort, this is normal, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's good or, or better for you or right for you. And so right. definitely being able to identify that plays a big part in, in those decisions and, and how things go about it. But I do also think, yeah, that, that's the question that there's a lot of people who aren't friends anymore simply because neither person is willing to uh, think less of themselves to or humble themselves or or to be vulnerable enough to actually move forward in that the right direction if you will i'll say that and i'm going to speak as as a man as a black man i want to break that stigma that it's okay to be open with how you feel it's okay to be open with vulnerable it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to say hey i'm hurt or you hurt me it's okay you don't have to bottle it up. It's absolutely fine. And you're, not, you're a great example of that. Yeah, you're a great example of that. I mean, it, it's something that, you know, you, I hate to say it's, it's it had, I'm not going to say it needs to be taught, but it's something that needs to be uh, allowed. And yeah. that's the, the challenge is, I think, especially early on, so many people are, are almost taught like, oh, suck it up, man up, if you will. Man, what? I mean that, oh, you can't cry or whatever, but it, it definitely, I think there's there's importance of teaching what proper, I'll just keep it simple, what proper communication looks like. Like it's, it's communication and learning how to communicate. And if, if people aren't simply just taught how to communicate, you know, a lot of things I think would be avoided and a lot of people feel probably differently than they do. Mm-hmm. Another word that I've heard a lot is like, be a big boy. Like, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> again, we're taught that. Um, the one, um, another gem that you said, it was a question. Is this something you want to be mad about for the rest of your life? That's a word in itself. <laughs> Dude, because it's, I sat there like, oh my gosh, you ain't got to punch me in the chest like that. <laughs> but it's a question that I believe everybody should ask themselves. Is this something you want to be mad about for the rest of your life? It's, it's I mean, it, it's when, you know, when you put things in perspective, a lot of things are different. You know, a lot of things are different. I think a lot of people, it's like, okay. Or some people will say, if you're going to be, will you be mad about this in the next, you know, 
four days. If, are you going to be mad about this in the next five minutes? If you're not, then don't waste time harboring those emotions. Yeah. If you know you, it's not even going to stick with you, you're not even going to remember it in a day. And I just think a lot of that is, is also being you know, comfortable, confident in who you are too, to realize that, okay, I don't need to look at it as everybody's against me. Oh, woe is me. And everyone's trying me. So I need to be extra defensive and, and, and so forth. I, I, I think, you know, it also goes to that that other question I said, which is, will you be better for this? And, you know, to me, that's like a guiding principle now in my life where when it comes to any tough decisions or or even the thing that's hard to do, forgiving is hard to do, you know, because yes. it requires so much more from you than it ever had to do with the other person at the end of the day. Yeah, um, and so, you know, the question where it's like, well, will you be better for it? It's like, well, absolutely. If I can learn how to do this, I'm naturally going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be wiser, so forth. Why do I not want to be better? So exactly. that means I need to take the steps, no matter how easy or hard the steps are, I need to take these steps to, to make myself better. And I will add on to that. You want to be better and not bitter. Oh, very well said. That's a whole word right there. It is. And the another thing that gets me is the Bible says, Jesus said he's come to give us life more abundantly. He didn't say to give us anger more abundantly. Yeah. He said to give us life more abundantly. And my thing is, do you want to be, do you have an abundance of anger or do you want to have an abundance of life? That's the question I want to pose to people. And, and as you said, will you be better for this? For holding on to that anger, will you be better for letting it go? Mm-hmm. And you gave an example of, I'm better with letting it go. Yeah. So when you let it go, what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, you know, don't be fooled to anybody listening, like, or to everyone listening. It's, it's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. Oh, no. Even, mm-hmm. even when, so I even tell people, like, when we first, you know, I picked the phone, we talked, that first conversation wasn't positive. We mm. didn't have, our first conversation wasn't, it was still a lot of like, hey, you know, it's good to hear your voice. And, but it was very much like that question question marks of like, you know, it was somewhat positive, somewhat negative, somewhat indifferent, still cold. Like we're not clearly where we were, but we at least took a baby step. And then yeah. so we met in person, we got an argument then and things started almost back over and all the, the negative feelings came right back out. And then it was like, all right, let's try this again. And then the third time I think is when we started to have a breakthrough. And so even then that whole time, it was like, okay, we're still, I'm, you know, we're, we're talking, but we still, we still not cool yet. You know, we, we're, we may be friends again, or we may be on the pathway to friends, but we're not there. No. Like, this could easily in one snap, like go left again, because I don't know how you responded to something or I don't, you know, I feel a certain way. And so for me, get into the place of finally to go it was once again, it was a decision that I realized once again, if you're going to fix this, Jared, this is on you. Yeah. Because at this point, you're not going to get anything more from him on this. Yeah. Maybe the reaction you want, maybe the response you want, you're not going to get anything better than what he is giving you. So at the end of the day, you either have to accept that and move forward, or you have to choose not to accept it and let everything go. And so I think once again, back to value was, okay, do I want to just let it all go and move forward? Or do I want to salvage this, which requires me to now let it go? Yeah. So at that point, it was like, you know, there's more value here for me to salvage. So Jared, you got to let it go. Wipe the slate clean, as they say. And so for me, I literally felt like I had to, you know, take that big huff and puff and just say, drop it all. And and so for me, I, I think that feeling 
as, as your question is, is that um, it's, a, it's almost like you take the weight off your shoulders, like you feel the weight leave. And then I honestly feel like it's, it's really, I don't want to say it's scientific, but it's really mentally just a shift in how you think. Yeah. I mean, which I think is the part that I, when I, I think that's the, the part people really don't understand until you no. do it. Like it's yeah. literally just a shift in your mind. Yeah. Like all the preconceived notions, all the, the emotions is just now all of a sudden telling your brain to say, all right, clean slate and let it go, forget about it and move forward. And so I think at that point it made it, you know, refreshing It made it more fulfilling, uh, rewarding personally. Yeah. And of course, then the conversations subsequently after that were all significantly more positive and things started moving back and towards the up and up. Absolutely. And I love how you said it's just, it's the changing of, it's this changing of the mindset. Yeah. And a lot of people says, I'll, when I feel, people say, when I feel like forgiving, I do it, I'll do it. Forgiveness is not an emotion. I, I want people to realize that it's not an emotion. You got happy, you got sad, you got anger and you got things that spread off from that forgiveness is not an emotion. Mm-hmm. and it's a choice and the only way you can make that choice is changing your mind it's like if it's a choice huh you didn't think it was your mindset just changed follow yeah. that yeah and that's exactly. something that's that's key and another thing you said that was powerful when you said because we're both men of faith we're both men of god we're both men of christ you said he's not as equipped as I am. When I tell you that was a word right there saying that you have all of this in you, his Holy Spirit, his word in you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know this person and I'll just do a hypothetical. Hypothetically, if he did not, right? Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I would say the onus is more on us now. It's definitely higher on us now because we have him in us. Mm-hmm. And we need to exhibit his character and who he is. And mm-hmm. what better way to do that than to extend that hand? Yeah. Because it's like you said, who am I? Did Jesus died for me? And it's like, and I it it was right there. And I said, and I said this in my mind. It's just like Jesus forgave the people who, who put him up there. Yeah. 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 And even as they were torturing him making fun of him mocking him he even said father forgive them for they don't know what they do and i'm sitting there just like you're literally dying and yet that's one of your declarations is to forget is to forgive these people that's i mean you can't really put in the words just the the thought of it um and just seeing it, um, the visualization of it, I mean, it doesn't really, it's hard to grasp to imagine that. I agree with that. So when you realize that, you know, what was that like for you when you realized that you were more equipped with him inside of you? What was that like for you, the realization of that? I mean, I think it's strength. Um, mm-hmm. It's strength, and I think it's the, the the better word that I'll use on top of it is it's um, I want to say I guess the word I will use is comfort mm. because because you're you're in comfort in the sense of like comfortable in your own skin, comfortable with who you are, and I think um, 
or not even I, I think I believe when you have that strength and comfort, you can do significantly more than you ever would have imagined because for yeah. once and for a lot of people, you know, and I say this also dealing with my own personal self, it's like, you know, I had to come to that realization to finally be comfortable in my own skin so forth and, and realize that it's okay to be who you are, you know, all of the above and so forth. Um, and so for me, it was like, when I came to that realization, it's like, all right, Jared, you have a unique ability that maybe not everybody else has. And exactly to your point, that gives me strength, that gives mm. me power, but knowing, you know, being comfortable with it and knowing how to utilize it, I can now use this power and create a better outcome and, and help other people find the same realization or come to that place. And so it's almost like, you know, back to brotherhood, it's like the purpose of it is not to just be there to be like accountability, it's to build you up, just like mm -hmm. I'm expecting you to build me up. And so for me, having that and realizing you're more equipped now means that you have a, a obligation, if you will, to now go back out and help other people meet you and, and help them reach new levels, if you will, uh, to be on the same page with you. And so I think from that, you know, even us having those conversations, I mean, being able to, to, to do that helped him in a lot of ways, you know, because it helped him grow. It helped him get to a place that he wasn't. It helped him realize in some cases that people don't even take into account. He may not even know what it looked like. Mm -hmm. I've done it. You, you now see what it at least looks like on how to do it going forward. Um, so it's, it's definitely strength. It is. And when you said build each other up, it brought me to the Bible verse, how iron sharpens iron. Not my favorite. And honestly, that's nothing but a blessing. We have someone to help you be sharp. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, I want to ask you this. What does forgiveness mean to you? Well, I, I think, you know, we, we've been talking about it in, in, in great dialogue. So I, I always appreciate that, um, you know, for people you've already said it once i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna say re revise what you said or not revise but almost repeat it but it's forgiveness is not an emotion it's an act mm. and so to me when you are learn how to forgive you almost like it's like taking a key to a door that was always locked and now you have the the access to open the door and it makes you so much more like opens up a whole new world because at that point, if you learn how to forgive, like I think your whole mentality, your perspective, everything changes. Like when yeah. people come at you a certain way, it like it's almost like you know you become like a superhero where it's like people say negative things, it brushes right off your shoulders. Yeah, because you, you you're not even faced because right. you have that strength, that comfort where it's like you can't tell me anything I already don't know. You know, not ignorance, but in the sense of you can't break me down. You know, so it's almost like it's like a. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to give a, a good example, but it's almost like the, the situation where you see somebody trash talking sports and the, the, other, the opponent just laughs at it. Like they don't even get offended because it's just like you, you can't phase me because I, I have almost like this cloak, the shield, all of the above my sword. Like I, I have, you know, I know how to do it. So, you know, I, I'm all of a sudden now in a, a better equipped and in a better position to handle all the other challenges that come my way because I know what it means. And more importantly, like I said, and as you've talked about in other episodes, forgiveness is, is really who does it most benefit in all situations when you forgive someone? Yourself. So being able to do that, you now feel like, okay, I can take on anything um, because I know how to have grace 
I know how to have strength. I know how to have comfort in all of it. Yeah. And, and you know, being able to do that is the same reason why when we, we told this story, as much as my emotions were very different that day, I can almost laugh about it and, and tell it in the way I can now without having those those feelings come back up. Because it's like, hey, I have the strength. I have the comfort. I have the grace. Yeah. I have the covering. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I've come to peace with it and, yeah. and to live in peace, man. You know, that's life. Oh, my gosh. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It is an act. Powerful. And as you said, once you have peace, you do whatever you can to protect that thing. Absolutely. You do whatever you do. You do whatever it takes to protect that. My goodness. I want to ask this. Is there something that you wish that you learned earlier in your journey to forgiveness? Uh, you know, I think for me in my, my journey, the hardest part was actually learning to forgive myself. Um, you know that happened you know because of that journey allowed me to I think better handle the the story that I told and you know I think learn to forgive yourself especially depending on your situations because it's like I'm very hard on myself like if anyone asks ask you what is yours like weakness that is like I'm very I have very high expectations and I'm very relentless on like um this is how things need to be done. And if I miss a goal or I miss something that I, I, I feel like I've let myself down, I feel like I've let other people down. And so that haunted me. I think, you know, just growing up, coming to that place of learning to be comfortable in your own skin, like I had challenges with that. Like I didn't necessarily, I always felt like an outcast, a lone wolf. I, I had challenges of almost being like a people pleaser, if you will, and feeling like, okay, I need to do X, Y, or Z to, to fit in. And so, um, I think the I, what I wish I learned earlier, a hundred percent, was to to be able to forgive myself and have grace with myself, because that allowed me to have the confidence and the comfort that I spoke about uh, moving forward. <laughs> Giving yourself is a huge milestone. It is, it is because that's something I had to struggle with myself. Huge. So. Kudos to you for that. And the last question I want to pose to you is this. What do you wish to impart to the audience? I said that part one more time. What do I... What would you like to impart to the audience? Yeah. Um, you know, I think from the whole episode, you know, I, I think everyone has their own stories, their own challenges, what they're dealing with. No story is worse or better than someone else. So I think one, always have perspective that there's always someone doing worse than you. There's always someone doing better than you. Um, so I always realize that because in the situation you feel like the world is all on your, all on you. And, and in some cases, what you may be going through could be a breadcrumb to someone else who has the whole table on. Um, I say that to say that regardless of what you're going through, having that perspective is key, but more importantly, you know, as we've talked about being able to recognize and just be aware of what's going on, um, and being able to, and when I say where, I mean, not of what's going on outside, aware internally of what's going on. So, you know, why do you really feel this way? What situations from this can you go through or, or, or can you learn from? And, and I think the biggest part that I would leave with everyone is, is plain and simple. Will you be better? Ask yourself that. That is the question that you should always ask in these situations. Will you be better for this? And if the answer is yes, you know, once again, like I said, it doesn't matter how easy or hard the next steps are, you know, those are, that's the direction you need to go because you're going to be better for it. And I think if more people have that mindset um, of, will I be better? Because who does the hoops are like, no, I don't want to be better. I want to be the same. Like, I don't think anyone really like seriously feels that way. So if that is the case, 
you will be able to go on a journey and a challenge that's going to always make you a better individual. And a lot of the times that's going to come from learning how to forgive yourself and, and be the bigger person, all of the above, even when you have all the reasons in the world up to not be that, be that way. So biggest question and, and biggest piece I'll leave with everybody. The question you should ask yourself is, will you be better for this? Mm. That's powerful. I want to thank you for coming on, man, because this story and these lessons, these diamonds, gems, rubies that you drop in, man, I'm, I've, I took notes and if no one else took notes. Y'all need to re-listen to this episode <laughs> and take notes again because it was so much. But before we go, I want you to let people know how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, no, I, I thank you so much for, for having me on again. This has been a, a joy. I always appreciate the conversation and, and us even, you know, you even having this platform again for people to see that it can be done, that you can have these conversations, that you can grow from it and all, all of the above. So I appreciate that. People can find me on social media at JW Prime Time. That is, that's where you can find me. And as well, um, I am the founder of Gent, JW, Gent, like gentlemen, G-E-N-T-J-W.com, where we are looking to, you know, find more ways to help support our communities, help up, uplift and empower Black men, so, you know, and, and all men for that matter. So we're looking to crown 100,000 kings. You can take the pledge, the king me commitment, as I call it, um, on GentJW.com. And, and thank you so much for having me again. No problem. And if you didn't catch that, it's all good. I'm put that in the show notes because I want you to connect with them. When I tell you, you need to connect with them, I'm not saying it because I know them. Well, I do, I am saying it because I know him. But <laughs> beyond that, he's nothing short of incredible. And this is a guy you need to connect with. So please do that. Please do that. Thank you. Thank you. That was an amazing episode. Very powerful. I want to thank Jared Wilson for coming on the podcast and sharing his story. One of the things that I grabbed was, is this something you want to be mad about for the rest of your life? That's something I want to pose to you. Is whatever they said to you, whatever they did to you, is it worth being mad about for the rest of your life? Is it worth it consuming your thoughts? consuming your emotions, consuming your life. That's something I want to ask you. Another thing from the podcast that was said was both me and Jared are both men of faith. And we both said in the podcast that without Jesus Christ, it's hard to forgive those who have hurt you. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven in the past present, and future. And he rose from the grave to give us eternal life, power over sin, and power over the enemy. If you want Jesus Christ in your life, just pray this. Dear Lord, thank you for dying for my sins, my wrongdoings in the past, present, and future. I confess and believe that you died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose again. I give my life to you, Lord. Come into my heart and make you my Lord and Savior. If you pray that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family. You have the power over sin, the power to forgive all who, have forget, who has hurt you so that you can forgive them. 
in eternal life. Welcome. I also want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Power of Forgiveness podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate it on all platforms, and most importantly, share this with other people. You never know what they're going through. I also want to let you know the Power of Forgiveness has a group page on Facebook. Join the group and get in on the conversation. The link is in the show notes. I also have my social media pages in the show notes. You can follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, leave me a voicemail on Anchor. I would love to hear from you. That link is in the show notes as well. I want you all to have an amazing week. And remember that forgiveness is not letting what that person or people said or did to you affect you, your spirit, your future, or where you're going in life. And that it's not an excuse for or enabling someone's behavior, but not letting what that person or people did hold you back or keep you from being or grabbing all that God wants you to be or has for you. Have a good one.